Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at crossovernorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossover Norman. Enjoy the message. I'm supposed to say something about Texas Hate Week, but we don't talk about hate and, and Crossover, do we? But the Lord does say we're supposed to love our enemies, okay? So who's traveling down there this weekend? All right. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, football team, I love you. I'm praying for you. Please beat them. Just please, I'm begging you, please beat them. Uh, super excited about that. Um, let's pray right quick. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for you. We know that you are already in this place. My beg and my ask is that you void out all distractions. Let us not think about homework. Let us not think about anything outside of this room right now. Let us just be able to enter your presence even just a little bit more. For those of us uh, who need an encounter with you tonight, Lord, I beg that that happens. And let us just be transparent with you. And let us just be able to connect with you in in a real and tangible way tonight. For your name. Amen. You know, the day of my college graduation um, was humbling in two ways. Uh, The first way that it was very humbling was um, I I graduated, I went and gave my dad a big hug, a high five, and he reached in his back pocket and handed me a folder full of all the bills that I'd have to pay from there on out, right? It's like, congratulations, and like, he did it with a smile on his face even, like, you know, and so I was like, okay, like, I work part-time at Sherwin-Williams paint store, like, how can I afford all this? And so that was humbling, Um, but the second way that it was humbling for me was I graduated, um, I was giving everybody hugs and kisses because I'm extra holy, right, and I'm taking all my pictures, and I walk out to my 1996 Ford Mustang Red uh, V6. It's not even like a manly car. It's like a, it's like a high school car, all right? Listen, I'm not dogging anybody that drives V6 Mustangs, but I had to put the car on. I didn't get in the car. Like, I, I just don't fit in there very well. But anyways, I'll walk out to the Mustang, and I got my robe in one hand, and I grabbed the handle of the Mustang, and God said, look. Now listen, this is, this is the first of two times. The second time this happened was when God called me to do crossover. Um, but the first time happened at college graduation. And he said, look. And I was like, I knew it was God. I felt the, the, the holy hug happen. I knew it was him. And so I just looked. And I look over. And I look at the dormitories that I spent two years in, my freshman, sophomore year. And he said, what did you do for me there? And I started thinking, it was like a highlight reel that he put into my head. And I started thinking, and I started thinking about all those times I hung out with, you know, all the guys came into the dorms, and I thought about all these times that, like, like God was saying, hello, like, why don't you do a Bible study right here? Or those times, like, God, you know, I was having a, a good conversation with somebody, he's like, why don't you say something to this person about, like, me? And, like, I just started thinking about all those times wasted watching movies, and all those times wasted playing Xbox that I wasn't even good at, and, like, I was just, like, thinking about all these things, and I, I had to answer him. I said, Lord, I, I didn't do much. And then he said, look, I look over and I look at my, my duplex that I stayed at uh, my junior year. And he said, what did you do for me there? And same thing. He 
put a highlight reel in my head and I started thinking about all those times. I loved just gathering people and I would, I would say, hey, you come over and I'll cook the chicken, right? Like I, I didn't know how else to get people there. It was like, I'll cook chicken, right? And I'd grill, no lie, like enough for 30 people on like a George Foreman grill. That's how like I, I, that's how like I, was, I was fancy, okay? And I'd cook all this chicken and we'd have fun and we'd mingle, play games. But he said, what did you do for me there? And I never once presented the gospel to anybody in that apartment. And then he said, you know what, look again. And I looked and I saw all these hundreds of graduates that I've spent the last four years with. He said, what did you do with me, do for me with them? And see, I have the spiritual gift of discernment. I knew that even going into high school. I knew I definitely had it in college. He started showing me, hey, you remember that one encounter with her and like how she was hurting? You know that you should have said something here. Another moment was happening. Hey, you remember when he came to your dorm room and he was crying because his dad just passed away and like you didn't really do much for him there? And like it was just moment, person after person after person that I was, and I said, Lord, you know, and I'm, I'm depleted. I'm almost crying. I'm like defeated at this moment. And God said, what'd you do for me here at college? I said, I, I didn't do much. He goes, I want this to be a reminder to you. I want you to always be able to look back at this moment and be able to talk about it and, talk, and let this be a moment from here on out that you're not going to waste your time here on this earth but you're gonna use it for my glory. Now students, time is either your enemy or your friend right now. You know, it's either, it's either you have too much time on your hands or you don't have enough time, right? Like school is just piling up right now, like things are just piling up, everything is falling on your shoulders. Hello, finals are around the corner. Anybody nervous about those, right? Yeah, no, not really. You want me to tell you a little secret? Graduation's coming. Hey, freshmen, I know that doesn't sound like much to you, but seniors, how quickly has the last four or five years gone by for you, huh? Like a vapor. Graduation is coming, it's just around the corner. Maybe y'all are like, well, I'm in college and like I don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend yet. Like I'm supposed to get married by senior year, right? <laughs> what am I to do? pray, okay? <laughs> Remember, singleness is a gift. Didn't y'all watch the video? Gosh. I'm, we need to make a shirt that says singleness is a gift, all right? Who would buy it? Come on, who would buy it? All right. Let me tell you my biggest regrets. My biggest regrets in my life are not over things that I did do. My biggest regrets in life are things that I didn't do for Jesus. And I think as we close up James tonight, hasn't James been a good book? Come on now, like, come on. Thank you, thank you, Jordan. 
I think that we're going to learn some things tonight on what we need to do now, today, and every single day and not waste our time. I wish that I would have implanted these in my life to not waste my time every single day. I call this night's message faithful timing is what I wanted to label this because our time is valuable and it's precious. And so we as Christians need to be faithful with our time. If we, you would turn to the last chapter of James, which is chapter five, okay, Bible lesson, you're welcome. James chapter five, verse 13, and it says this Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on this earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his, wand- from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Students, if we don't want to waste this time on earth and we want to be faithful with our time, James has given us a pretty good couple steps on how to do this. First, he says that we need to be timely in our prayer. This is something that we need to do every single day. Some of the Bible says we're supposed to be praying without ceasing. It says that if you are suffering, then you need to take it to the Lord in prayer. Isn't it crazy that when I talk about prayer, like, like usually when it comes to pray and praying and suffering and, and hurting and pain, isn't it crazy how usually praying is our last option more than, you know, it's the last option of anything. Like usually if something happened bad, right? Like you fail a class in school or someone breaks up with you or something and you're like, who's the first person you, you talk to? Well, it's probably your mama. Like mama, you don't even know. Like you don't even know what they said to me. Isn't it funny how much like we work up the story too? Like they said this and yeah, I didn't fail that class. They failed it for me, right? <laughs> maybe it's your friends. Maybe it's someone that's walking down the street. But usually prayer is our last option. For example, I cannot tell you how many people have come to crossover about the second month after a bad breakup. I can't tell you. I can't tell you how many people come broken and, and depleted after a bad breakup. They come in depressed and, and they're just desperate to give over, get over it. And they come to me and they, they think like I have this magic answer. I guess I, I, I guess I do. I'm like, listen, the only way for you to get through this and to get out of this is through prayer. Like that's the only way. You can try everything that the world wants to grant you. But the only way that you can get out of this is to give it to God and then give it prayer. Prayer in your suffering does this. It puts your faith in Christ who will take everything that you need and he will fill it. 
more than any other person or anything in this world can do. Now listen, you know, breakups especially, can anybody think like back like in high school when you had a breakup and you thought it was like the end of the world, right? Like you're a little embarrassed to talk about how you did breakups back then, right? Like Shauna Runyon broke my heart at 14, all right? <laughs> Golly, Shauna, man. She didn't know what she was missing, golly. Oh, poor Runyon, what a last name anyway. I don't even know why I brought that up. But listen, without prayer, like real prayer, like, like literally, like if you don't know how to pray, literally talk to Jesus like you're talking to a friend. I want you to go into your room. I want you to get alone. I want you maybe to be in your car, and I want you just to talk with him. Hey, you know what, God? Like, I want, I want to work some things out, and Lord, like, like, I know you're the creator of the universe. I know that you hold the galaxies in your hand. Like, like I want to talk with you, and I want you to talk out loud. Like, don't be embarrassed to talk to Jesus. He created you. He made you in his image, right? Talk to him. Lay it down at his feet. Let him be the God in your life. And listen, he can help you with that suffering. But without prayer, your faith will be put into things of this world that will never allow you to get out of suffering. And I beg you, learn how to pray because it will change and transform your life like you've never imagined. So trust me, like if we trust the Bible, this is what the Bible is saying is praying gets you out of suffering because Jesus helps you get out of suffering. But what's the flip side of that? Is that if you don't pray, then your suffering has nowhere to go and it will stay and you will stew in your suffering. My question to you students is how many of us are stuck in our suffering because we haven't been praying to Jesus? Don't waste your time on praying, do it now. Do it as quickly as you can. Be timely in your prayer and I'm telling you it will transform your life. If he's willing to come and save you from your sins for all eternity, he can come and save you from your problems right now, amen? We need to be timely in our prayer. It says next that we need to be timely in our praising. If you are cheerful, it says to be thankful. There are many things that I could say about this generation, but can I say that we are a generation that is a thankful generation? Like, like do we know how good we really have it? Like, like, do we really know, like, just being in the States and being in college and being able to do life where we are doing it right now, like, are we thankful for it? Are we really thankful for it? Or are we in a constant point of just negativity? See, there's many things to be thankful for right now. There's many things to be thankful with parents and friends and school and health and wealth and family. Like, there's many things for us to be thankful for, but it's crazy that there are many things that we can be thankful for, but yet we just don't live that way. See, my mom has taught me many things. I love old Glennette Russell. What a cool name, right? Her grandpa's name was Glenn, and her grandma's name was Lynette. Glennette, all right? I love my mom in many ways. She's taught me many, many things, um, but what she's taught me how to talk to people. She's taught me how to love people. She's taught me a lot of things, but one of the things that I am most thankful for that my mom has taught me was being able to turn a problem into a praise. 
She does not, she never allowed me to be stuck in my negativity, to be stuck in a, 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 a problem. Now listen, I'm not a happy-go-lucky person, all right? I'm not like one of those that hops out of bed and it's like rainbows and sunshine, right? Like today I'm gonna give God the glory, glory, glory in my heart. Like, like I'm not like one of those like happy-go-lucky people. Like that's not how my life works. In all honesty, my life works like, like, I wake up and I have to peel myself out of bed, right? And I'm like, Lord, listen, like, like today I need you to really show up, right? Like I, I'm just being honest with you. Like today I need you to show up and I start thinking my to-do list, right? Anybody with me? And you start thinking about all the things that you have to do. And I'm just like, oh man, I got those kids that are literally about to like Hulk smash me in the face, like, and then I'm just thinking about all these things that I have to do for crossover and all these things and projects. And when I get anxious and I start having that anxiety and then I start just messing like my mind up, I, this is where I'm very thankful for my mama. Because at that moment, this is where that verse kicks in. Because she could turn my problem into a praise. You, wanna, you want me to tell you what one of the biggest stressors in my life is? Is having to write a sermon every single week. Imagine having to write a history paper every single week that's going to take you 15 hours to write. How would you like to do that every single week? And when I first started my ministry, I'm telling you, like, I would dread it. Like you asked Carolyn, I would dread it every single week. But my mama wouldn't let me keep, it, keep myself down like that. She goes, you know what, let's turn this problem into a praise. Listen. You get to go preach to a thousand students. You get to go tell them about the word of God. You know what? You are being able to be used by God to be able to build into other people and show them how much Jesus loves them. Brent, listen, if just one person is changed for the glory of God, if one person gets to hear about Jesus and how he came to die for them and to save them and to walk with them for eternity, that is worth it. And she changed my problems into a praise and I don't, I don't get stuck in them. Students, what problems are you stuck in right now that we need to turn into a praise? You want me to tell you just an example of what I think that many people right here are struggling with? Loneliness. Tell me y'all didn't get the chills right there. How many of you right now, even though you're amongst 30,000 students on that campus, you can feel lonely, right? Now, I'm going to do something that I did a couple years ago that, that shook me, and I think it shook a lot of students. And I want you all to be honest with me. I don't want you to be scared. I don't want you to be intimidated here. I want you to simply raise your hands if this is you. How many of us in here? Wishes that we had more friends that were sold out for Jesus that actually cared about you. Like they actually really cared about you. Like they wanted to come over unannounced. They wanted to get to know you. They asked you questions. They asked what you're struggling with so they can pray for you, right? That they did life for you. Like, like, like with you, they would call you up on Sunday saying, hey, you driving? Am I driving? Hey, we're going to crossovers. Anybody that we can carpool with? Who wants to ride with us? Like, hey, what are you doing Friday night? Let's get some people together. Let's hang out. Let's do life, man. Let's just give glory to God. What can I do for you? Tell me this, how many of us wish we had more friends like that? Raise your hands. Students, listen. There are many people in here who are battling loneliness. 
my beg for you, you want to shake up things on this campus, you want to shake up things in your life, why don't you walk up to somebody tonight and get to know them. Don't be a wallflower when we go out there. Don't go, the, the, when we get those Bondi bowls, they're going to bring you closer to Jesus, okay? Like, go out there, be vulnerable with people, get to know them. Just say, hey, listen, like, I'd like to get to know you more. Ask them on a friend date, all right? Now, guys, it's not like a, like a, a green light to go get all these girls' numbers, all right? But hey, if Jesus tells you to do it, I mean, I can't stop it, right? That's horrible. Come on. Since we got to train your mind like you train your body, you must condition it. You have to work at it. You have to feed it. You have to take in the good and work out the bad. And when you have a mind that is conditioned to praise Jesus, you won't have a mindset of being stuck in your problems, but you have a mind that's set on praising Jesus. Even in any circumstance that you're going through, you can turn it. You can find Jesus in the middle of your problems, and he can take it, and you can turn it into a praise. This book right here. I can tell you is he, it does not tell you that you can be stuck in your problems. It is a problem that is going to, it is a, is a book that is going to bring you out of your problems. It's a book that's going to allow you to be free in his promises. And I think, I'm thankful that my mama taught me how to turn my problems into praises. Be timely in your praise. It will literally change your life. Third, he says in, in James 5, it says that we need to be timely in asking for help. Now listen, I know many of you are dealing with sicknesses. I know many of you have some physical ailments. And what it is saying is that you're supposed to go call on your elders of the church and let them pray over you. How, how many of us need a miracle tonight? How many of us need a miracle tonight? Like, do we still believe God can heal? Do we still believe that Jesus came to this earth to, to heal us not only from our sins, but he also came to heal people just even by the touch of his cloak, he was healing people. Do we think that Jesus still can't heal today? Now listen, this is my own personal life. I'm gonna be vulnerable about something that happened to me about four months ago. My wife and I, I walked into the bedroom and she was super holy and she's finishing up her quiet time. And she goes, hey, do you want to say a prayer with me? I was like, Psh, yeah, I love Jesus, right? Hey, listen, nothing sexier than a Christian, by the way, all right? <laughs> Anyways, I get in the bed, and we say a prayer, and I'm just sitting there on my shoulder, and I'm talking to her, and just kind of closing up the day. And all of a sudden, it felt like a knife went right through my heart. No life. About five seconds or so, it felt like something went through my heart. And, and, and I mean, it was excruciating pain. And I laid down on my back and I was like, oh, I was like, man, that's, gosh, that's weird. And my wife said something to me. She, she goes, do you think you're having a heart attack? And listen, it snapped to me. It, it, it went to my head. It felt like the blood just sucked right out of my body. And I said, this is the first time, and I've been preaching this for 15 years, and I said, I'm about to meet Jesus. I'm about to meet Jesus. I'm about to leave my three little boys, and they're going to grow up without me, and I'm going to leave my beautiful wife, and she's going to do life without me. And I'm, I'm having a heart attack right now, and I'm about to leave all of them. I'm about to stand toe-to-toe, face-to-face with Jesus, and it got real. So Caroline said, well, do I need to call somebody? I said, I think you do. 
And I lay down and I try to just cool myself as much as possible. My heart is racing and I'm just sitting there just being calm and I'm praying to Jesus like, Lord, just let this pass. And I swear when she called the fire department, I swear all of Norman showed up to my house at 1130 at night. Like the mayor I thought was even like walking around. <laughs> I'm sitting there, they got me like tied up to all these machines, they're checking me. By the grace of God, none of our kids woke up. And long story short, they did two EKGs right there and they said, Brent, I, I really don't think that you had a heart attack and I think that you are good. I don't think you need to go to the hospital tonight, but you need to go to the doctor at some point. Listen, students, over the next two months, I went to a couple doctors and listen, it was so crazy. I was begging for the doctors to find something with me. I wanted them to find something wrong because over the next two months, guys, I was having PTSD from that moment. And I would be walking and, and all of a sudden, like all of like my heart would hurt, my left arm would go numb, my heart would beat out of my chest and I would, and I would have a mild panic attack, if not a full blown panic attack. I'm like, well, this is, there's something wrong with my heart, there's something going on. And I would have all of these problems going, going with me. I'm like, doctor, please tell me what is going on with me. They said, there's nothing wrong with you. And I was literally at my wits end, like, and Caroline walks into me one day and she goes, you know what you need to do? And I was like, yeah, I do. I need to go talk to Pastor Adam. Because I know that Pastor Adam here at Victory, I know that he's dealt with something like this before. But guys, like, I'm like the manly man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to go talk about my problems, right? But God said, yes, you do. So I went and played golf with Pastor Adam. And I said, and we walked into the parking lot afterwards and I just told him, hey, this is what's going on. Man, I, I really feel like I'm about to have a heart attack. I walk like I'm dizzy all the time. My face feels flushed every single day. Like I don't, I can't sleep very well. He looks at me, gives me a smile and he goes, yep, been there. Because have you ever heard of a little thing called anxiety? He goes, it's a monster, isn't it? I go, man, it's something I never even thought of before. I thought, I'd always link depression and anxiety together I go, it's not. Like, depression is one thing, and anxiety is a whole other monster that I could never even imagine. He goes, you know what? Let's pray that out. And that five foot seven dude hugged this big old dude. It was probably a funny looking scene. But my pastor prayed over me, and let me tell you something something changed that day. You asked my wife, something changed that day to where I haven't had a full episode PTSD like I had before then. It was, it was, it's been amazing. Give it up for Jesus. Come on now. That was a big deal. And, and now listen, I still have some, I still dabble with some things and, you know, I'm still going to be praying for some things, but man, not to have those full episodes anymore has changed my life. There was something that I needed to take to a pastor that I trusted for him to pray over me. Now that he didn't lick my face with any oils or he didn't do anything fancy, like he just prayed over me. Listen, I wanna do something I've never done before at Crossover. I'm gonna be standing right over here tonight. And I know that some of y'all are going through something. Maybe you have a physical ailment, maybe you have something, but I still believe Jesus can heal today. And I wanna be able, I don't care if it takes five minutes or five hours, I wanna pray over every single one of you tonight. And, and let's, let's believe that Jesus can heal, amen? And listen, when somebody that walks down here and they wanna pray, listen, I know that's a big deal, but I want y'all to pray for them, okay? And so let's do that tonight.
We need to be timely in asking for help. And I want to be able to be there with you. Last thing is this, is we need to be timely in our confession of sins to one another. You're like, oh, great. Like, we just talked about repentance last week. Let's talk about confessions of sins now. See, what we learned last week is that we confess our sins before God, and he is loving, and he is kind, and he says that he will forgive us our sins, and he will throw them as far as the east is from the west. And when we confess our sins to Jesus, what are we seeking for? We are seeking forgiveness. But there's another type of confession. When you confess your sins to one another, what does it say here? Is that you are looking for healing. The word confess means to agree. It means to admit. It means to say the same thing. So when you confess your sins to God, you agree with him that you are in the wrong and you're going against him and you're laying it down at his feet and you are moving it on. And as we learned last week, it's very healthy for us to do. It's very holy for us to do because it's putting God in control of your life. But God puts something else in place as well that is very helpful for us in our walk with sin, and that is people. Now, obviously, the people that you need to go confess your sins to needs to be a little bit vetted. Like, you don't need to just be walking up to strangers telling them all your problems. Like, anybody got that friend? You're like, why are you telling them all your problems? for? like, you don't even know this person. Now, listen, if it's your testimony, I want you to use it. You know what? There was one point where I was walking in this sin, and then I had an encounter with Jesus. And, man, Jesus saved me from that sin. Jesus saved me from all of my sins. You need to have Jesus too, right? Like, now, if it's your testimony, that's one thing. But if it's something that you're dealing with, that's another thing. But the reality for most of us is we don't have a story of redemption like that because right now in college, you're in the middle of a sin that you maybe have confessed to God and you maybe asked for forgiveness from, but you haven't been freed from it because you laid it at Jesus' feet and you're sitting back and you're wondering, man, that still looks good to grab again. Man, you're still walking away. You still see that sin and man, it's still enticing. I heard it said this, you show me your friends and I will show you your future, as well as you are the average of your five closest friends, which I have preached about before. Because if your five closest friends are not on fire for Jesus, most likely you're not on fire for Jesus. If your five closest friends don't live like, think like, act like, love like Jesus, you most likely don't think like, act like, love like Jesus. The other day I had, a, I had an old man walk up to me and just talk to me about crossover and he loved just to hear the stories of college students loving Jesus. He goes, what do you think is the hardest thing for college students to give up? And like the first thing in my mind was like girlfriend, boyfriend, right? Like I've had many people walk up to me and they're like, hey, do you think I should break up with my girlfriend or do you think I should break up with my boyfriend, right? I've been in this for 15 years now and I was like, Hmm, I think that actually is a close second because I've had about 30 or so students actually come and ask me that. And I think about uh, half of them actually broke up with their boyfriend or the girlfriend at that time. But that's not the leading candidate. The leading candidate, it's even harder for you know, people to give up sex or alcohol or porn or anything else. The hardest thing I think that for people to give up is friendships. 
I think in college, the hardest thing for you to change is your friendships. Freshmen, that's why I say it's so important for you to find good friends now because those are usually the people that you're gonna run, run with for the next four or five years. You gotta be picky about it. Because in the last 15 years, I have seen, no lie, and this is the God's honest truth, about 12 to 15 people actually uproot their lives because of their faith in Jesus and go get new, different friends because of the gospel in their life. Only that many. That's how hard it is. But I've told thousands to, to like, hey, you probably need to change like who you run with daily. Only about 12 of them have done it. Now, if we can look at this text, and we can shine some light on friendships. I believe that we can learn what this text says. It actually gives us a list of two types of friendships that we need to have. First, it says that we need to have friends that we can confess our sins to for what? For healing. What that means to me is that you confess your sins to God first and find your forgiveness of those sins, and then you confess your sins to your friend so you can find healings from those sins. That means like, guys, like you go to your friendship and you say, listen, I'm dealing with porn right now. And that friend looks at you in the eye and says, you know what, I love you, I care for you, I'm glad that you confessed that to me, but what are you doing right now to get rid of it? Like what blocks have you done? Like is this something that you do at night? Do you sleep with your phone in the kitchen, not in your room? Like do you, do you not leave and leave your laptop then? Like have you done any like screen protectors? Have you done like covenant eyes and sent that, that everything that you searched to your mama, right? Like you know that your mama's gonna be looking at your search history. You're probably not gonna be looking at porn, right? I know my mama would be all up in that mess, right? Oh, Glenette wouldn't be having that. But you have a friend that says, you know what, listen, you give me your phone. Let me take your, let me take your parental controls and let me put a password on it. Because I care for you, I love for you. But listen, I'm also going to ask you in two days. And I want you to be honest with me. And I want you to look at me in the eye and tell me that you didn't look at nothing. Hey, you know what, if you struggle with it tomorrow, call me up. Before looking at it, call me up and let's talk about it. Because I care for you and I love you, my brother. Hey, but what about this, students? Maybe it's comparison. Maybe you've confessed your sins to God and you got your forgiveness, but you need to confess to one of your friends, like, I'm struggling with comparison with myself and everybody else, my looks, my body, my grades, my money, my cars, my singleness to the relationships. And what if you had a friend that says, you know what, listen, first you need to stop it because you're created and in the image of God and he made you exactly how he wanted you. But listen, on a serious note, like, how can I help you? Like, I want to be here with you. Are you journaling over things that you are thankful for? Are you starting to pray good things into your mind? Are you starting, you know what, how are you serving people right now? Because usually if you're thinking outwardly, you can't think inwardly, right? How are you serving people right now closer to Jesus? How are you filling your time up right now in order to be full of Jesus and not thinking about yourself? You know what, listen, what about social media? How quickly is it that you can go compare yourself to other people just by swiping your thumb? You know what, listen, I love you so much, I wanna quit social media with you for the next three weeks and let's evaluate after three weeks. I wanna walk with you, I wanna talk with you, I wanna compare things in three weeks. Man, how awesome would it be to have friends like that? See students, with confessing our sins to friends, 
It's so much nicer to have friends that want to get you closer to Jesus and they're willing to sacrifice their time, their effort, and everything into your lives to get you through that. Do we have friends like that right now that will help you get closer to Jesus or do we have friends right now who help you in your sins? That's the second type of friend that we need. And I believe that we need these type of friends in our life. Verse 19 and 20, it talks about this type of friendship, the friends that are wanderers, and it's our responsibility as a Christian to befriend them. We, at some point in our faith, if I can push you just a little bit, at some point in our faith, we need to flip the switch of only worrying about being fed, and when you start worrying about feeding others, those friends that you have right now, and this is what I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you need to go cancel all your friendships and start over. I don't want you to think about that. I want you to go and, and, and go get your top five closest friends and make them your, your, you need to go find your top five friends that love Jesus and can help you be that person. Be the person that you wanna be. But everybody else, you need to have kind of a guard up and you need to be able to love them in such a way to bring them closer to Jesus. You don't rely on them for anything. You want to serve them in everything, but you do everything to bring them to Jesus. Then they look at you and they're like, well, well, why do you act different? Why do you talk different? Why are you different than everybody else? It's because I am saved by, by grace through faith. I had Jesus come into my life and listen, he has transformed me and I've taken off my old self and I'm putting on my new self. That's why I look like, act like, talk like different. And guess what? You can have the same thing. It is worth it. I've tried everything else and nothing is better than Jesus. So as we close up here tonight and we can look about these friendships, it took me a little while to understand this. We need both sides of these type of friendships in our life. You need the friend group that, that, that can be your iron sharpens iron, that can help you push closer to Jesus. As the Bible says, a friend that can become closer than a brother or sister. But that's not the only type of friend you should have because if that is the only type of friend that you have, you become arrogant and you be, get bored and you start repeating sins day in and day out because you have nothing that is filling you up. I call it, you are spiritually fat. You're doing nothing for Jesus but getting to learn more about the word. You become arrogant and you become spiritually fat. That's why it is so important for us to know that we need other friends that we can walk with and talk with about Jesus. That is our mission field. It keeps you hungry. It keeps you holy. It keeps you fit in your faith to rely on Jesus more and more, to learn how to love somebody that, that doesn't know how to love themselves, to be able to reach them for Jesus. You need both types of friends in your life. You need to have faithful timing. You need to, have faithful, uh, you need to be faithful in that type as well. So what do we need tonight, students? What did we learn from James? We need to be faithful in timing. We need to be faithful in our prayer. Don't let Jesus be your last option, but maybe let him, maybe just once let him be your only option. What if you took nothing else, anybody else at that first, but you gave God the first option. You took it in prayer to him first and let him be the creator of the universe in your problems. We need to be timely in our praise how many of us are stuck right now in our problems? And it's maybe because we're only looking at it as a problem, but we're not trying to find Jesus in the mix of trying to find it and make it a praise. We need to be timely in asking for help. My students tonight, 
My, my question tonight, students, is this. What do you have to lose by coming and praying with me over here? But my other option is this, is what do you have to gain if you do come over here? My last thing is this. We need to be timely in our confession to one another. You are who you run with. Find a friend that wants to pursue Jesus as much as you do. Confess those sins to them. Iron sharpens iron. And be the person of Jesus Christ that you want them to be. You are the average of your five closest friends. Lord, guys, let's not waste our time. Let's make it faithful. Lord, be with us tonight. Lord, some of us, we need to pray over things. And I beg that they come down here and they pray for some things with our prayer team. They'll be down here at front and up in the balcony. Lord, I think that a lot of us, we need to not waste our time. We're wasting our time with silly things. And Lord, this, this life is just but a vapor, a vapor that vanishes in the wind. Let us not waste our time. Let us be a people that come to you and we give our prayers, we give our confessions all to you. Lord, tonight, I, one of my big asks is that those who need some serious prayer, maybe it's over something mental, maybe something spiritual, maybe it's something physical, let them come and Lord, let us believe that you are a healing God, that you are a God that wants to heal. Lord, I ask for you to give us confidence. Let us be able to worship these last couple songs and give you everything. Lord, be with us tonight, for it's your name. Amen. If you would.